This episode, Keith really dives into what's going on in the theatrical experience. CinemaCon was this week, and there were a lot of folks that didn't show up. We're wondering what's going on, are the politics really playing themselves out? Because we, the theatrical experience needs to be changed. We need to know what it's like to get a movie in the theater or if we're ditching it all together. Um, Also interesting, Daily Wire came out with a film this week with DJ Caruso. So there's new players in this business that are doing something different. And we ask what that scorecard looks like and can it be changed? Can we get outside of the Hollywood scene and go to sub markets, Austin, Savannah, these new places are popping up. So we're gonna have a longer conversation right after this. It's good to talk to you or good to see you this morning and welcome to Hollywood Breaks. So somebody on our Rev community bulletin board posted this week Um, or maybe it was even, I guess it was a few weeks ago, but yeah, he was making the point that with the way black widow performed in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. his words are, I'm going Disney plus all the way, (laughs) you know, no more theaters. Uh, who needs theaters anymore going Disney plus all the way. So I, I find that kind of interesting because obviously we're in a member, we're in a, like a community of creative people like we're hollywood people we make our money from film and marketing and broadcast television whatever so we we're right there actually buying into this new consumer economy that says hey hollywood is changed and i'm i want to benefit from it as a consumer even though we know it's affecting us from the like inside out as providers of this thing so that shift to me is so interesting that we all know it's happening it's right before our eyes. Yeah. And sometimes I don't, I mean, it's almost like people aren't, they're just not paying attention. They'd rather <laughs> just say the old mantra where they've always said, and there's the, there's the reality check of like, it's not going to happen again. Like it's not, we're done with that, that point, that moment, as we've been saying into the blockbuster. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I, it's tough to say whether or not it's, it's a def- definitive, decisive, this is the way things are because we are still in the midst of a pandemic and consumer behavior is still a little uncertain, but you're right. I mean, we had CinemaCon this past week and, you know, I literally wanted to bang my head against the wall with every new article I read after each studio presented. It was like, we love the studio experience. We are 100% behind the theater theatrical experience. We're all partners. You first had the NATO chief saying day and date doesn't work, which is, I would argue the data is not necessarily out that it doesn't work. Um, you have Black Widow, which was a success, according per Disney. Yes, week two of a lot of movies dropped because of day and date, but that doesn't necessarily mean it didn't boost numbers for the providers. We don't know that. We don't have that data to make that distinction. Yeah. And the other thing was, you know, you had Sony coming out and I, again, I applaud Tom Rothman for going there and being there and being in front of the exhibitors, but he sits there, they both, he and Josh Greenstein sit there and say, we support the theatrical experience. And Matt Belloni, Belloni made a point in his newsletter about this. I'm totally butchering his <laughs> Belloni, huh? <laughs> Belloni. He's going to love he's that. Not, let's I, he's gonna let's make sure that. we tag him on this post right here. <laughs> yeah, I will tag him. I tag him all the time and I always butcher it. So eventually I think he'll reach out and be like, listen, pal, you got to get my name right. He's going to reference me. <laughs> anyway, his newsletter, what, I, what I've been hearing, um, made a very good point, which I thought was spot on. You know, you can get up there and talk about theatrical experience, but at the same time, they're selling their movies to Amazon. So which is it? 
Like I understand the idea that you don't want to lose your, you know, shirt during the sort of uncertainty of the pandemic, but isn't there a way to sort of walk both lines? You can't, you can't have it both ways. And this is what frustrates me. They say that, and then their, their actions belie something completely different. And then you have the Warner media executives who didn't even bother showing up. They didn't send anybody. They, they claimed, they claimed that it was because they all had personal commitments. I'm like, yeah, right. Since when has anybody in Hollywood let a personal commitment get in front of their own egos? Like if they knew they were going to get rah-rah and cheered, they would have shown up hook, line, and all of them. But the fact that they- This is your personal commitment. You have to be, this is your person. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they, they knew that if they showed up, they were going to get booed and popcorn was going to get thrown at them oh, for, yeah. for Project Popcorn. And it's just like, it drives me nuts. It's like we have like a complete breakdown of leadership. And it's just unbelievable to me that it, we're all still pretending like hunky, everything's hunky dory, everything's going to go back to normal. Not one person talked about the experience of being in a theater. Chris Melodondry, the head of Illumination, sort of, sort of walked the line about being in a theater and the movie experience, and we're losing the definition of what a movie is. But then he turns around and says, well, we, you know, we have to thank the streamers because otherwise, what would we have done the entire year during the pandemic? I'm like, well, that's... But are they just so... They're just performing for Wall Street then, right? That's what they're really yes. just doing. Well, are they though? Because ultimately, Wall Street's like all in for the streamers and they think the theatrical is like a dunzo business. And it's like, it, it seems to me that unless... Until somebody in this industry stands up a leadership and who's in a leadership role and says... We have to make this experience better. We were limping along before this thing hit. It kind of forced a lot of changes that we'd all been talking about in the margins, but nobody really had the guts to try. Yeah. And now we're there and we're still talking like everything's just going to go snap back to normal. The minute, oh, but you know, we still have the streamer, but it'll still snap back. To, everyone are going to come to the theaters. It'll snap back to normal when everyone's comfortable i just don't think that's a realistic or like let's process it this way let's let's ask the question why they're not just calling it and say like hey the theatrical experience is dead we are these major hollywood studios the best way to kind of to hedge our way and have the the theatric the film going experience of the future is to be on a streaming platform everyone go upgrade your television sets and sound systems Right, like, why not? They're just boosting another industry anyway. Why is it like? Why wasn't Sony right. saying go get better Sony products for your house? Because <laughs> well, I know why. Because Sony doesn't have a streaming platform. Yeah, but you know, like, there's there's a real understanding of this, and why not just call it quits? Why? I mean, come on, let's be done. I, well, here's what I would say. I you never want to say call it quits. I don't think the theatrical experience is ever going to be dead. As I as I said. But the Cinerama Dome, what was the thing with the Cinerama Dome just uh, six months ago or 12 years ago? Right. I can't figure out pandemic yeah. timing anymore. But, but you know, there, that was a whole <laughs> kind of game of saying like, and, and we kind of covered this too. Maybe that was just a, a real estate play and nothing yeah. actually to do with a the theatrical experience. Right. But there is some, someone in, in a theater being able to say, hey, we're kind of done unless something changes here. We need to make a better deal with, with Hollywood. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the answer is you don't say it's dead. You say it's time for us to evolve. We got to get ahead of this. We can't. But just... what are they going to evolve into? Tell me what that looks well, like. Well, that's, I mean, that, that in and of itself is a bigger question. Like, you know, we've talked about the Paramount decree, and in, in Disney could easily sit with AMC and, like, listen, let's get 
or one of the big chains is like, let's figure out a way that we can take the theater experience and move it to the next level. We are experts in creating a fantastic customer experience. That's why millions of people flock to our amusement parks every year. So let's figure out a way to make this work. Let's evolve it. Because the, the, the fact that what irritates me is they're just sitting back being like, well, once we get the movies and the product in the theater, everyone will start showing up again. As if declining ticket sales were not a problem pre-COVID. They're completely in denial. And it drives me nuts. Only because I love this industry so much. Anyway, sorry. Maybe the tie-in is here is we're looking in the wrong place. Like the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit is a canary in the coal mine, possibly. And really the the current contracts that we have in place, so agencies, reps, managers, talent, whatever that stuff has a bunch of paperwork sitting around their desks, and they have to be they have to release in the theater. So maybe the studios are saying, let's not, we can't kill the theatrical experience. Otherwise, this pile of paperwork we have is going to get four times as big when because they all become lawsuits. Um, let's play this thing out. So they're looking at a two or three year plan. They're going to cloak and dagger this thing for a couple of years. And then they're honestly going to start writing in new, new, new paragraphs in their contracts that says it's all about the streaming. And we're going to pay you out or make arrangements in the payout in a different way. Cause you know, like, I don't know, like there are, there's plenty of different ways now to make distribution. There's plenty of films being created. You know, some of the films we don't even know about, like, you know, there are films today. We don't, we don't even know, you know, we, we don't have to know where every film's coming from, like in the old studio days, cause the yeah. distributions are very easy. Yeah. Um, and then it's you true. can make one and you know, Netflix is going to buy it after the fact, opposed to having to be financed up front. So. There is maybe the shift is happening or it's happening slower because there are actually just some political elements that have to work themselves out through the system before the studio can actually um, make those changes. I mean, that's entirely possible. I mean, I know that the whole the contract issue with town is going to be an ongoing thing for the next few years. And while everyone figures out what the landscape of if I don't think day and date's going away. I think it's going to stay here where we're, there are a lot of movies that will probably be the 45 day window. Universal's made their deals where it has to re reach a certain uh, box office before it kicks in and reverts to streaming. So uh, they, these deals are going to evolve. So which would allow them to get to streaming sooner yeah, than if exactly. it doesn't. Yeah, but you're right. Time. There are movies being shot that we don't know about, like the Daily Wire, which is now becoming the new player in a lot of ways in Hollywood, which is great. And they're not even in Hollywood, which is even better. Um, they they did a movie with DJ Caruso, the director of Triple X and Disturbia called um, Shut In. And it was actually a blacklist script, which for those of you who don't know, every year Franklin Leonard um, does a list of scripts that haven't been purchased that all like executives, assistants, loved but it's, they just haven't been made into films yet and this was on the list in 2019 actually um so the fact that they went ahead um dallas sonier who was a producer of run hide fight got a hold of this script pulled it out i guess it was in turnaround at new line and pulled it up they made it at daily wire they got dj caruso attached they shot it and now it's like in the can ready to rock and they wow, did all this amazing. without really like letting anyone know it was happening. Well, I, I remember great. Ben Shapiro talking about basically getting into the game, but it, it sounds like by the time he announced it, he already he actually had something in the can was editing it because that doesn't seem like too long ago. Well, his big mantra, his big mantra has always been 
it because his 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 uh his mentor was andrew breitbart whose big thing was always culture is downstream of politics or i'm sorry politics is downstream of culture so his thing has always been we've we've let sort of one political side i.e the left dominate a lot of our cultural institutions and we just let them take them over higher ed being one hollywood being another and his whole thing is like well you know what let's try something new let's start anew so we're going to start distributing just entertainment that doesn't play to one side or the other just it tells good stories and we're not going to try to push one message over another we're just going to tell a more balanced view of some complex issues and i think that's great I think it's really hard to just jump in and say, I want to start a movie studio, let's go, because the the financial metrics are really crazy. It's hard to make money. Um, the bonus that the Daily Wire has is they have a subscription base already built in. So they'll have they'll premiere it on Daily Wire and their subscribers will get it. Um, I would love if they put together a serious theatrical type campaign. And if they would like help in that, I'm happy to help in any regard. Feel free to reach out. Visioncraftbrew.com. Um, <laughs> and they could really, because that's what they need. And because for any for talent, I mean, it's great they got DJ Caruso. That's huge. And they got a, a, a named actress too, which is awesome. But if they're going to start being able to pull more talent away from LA and sort of the New York nexus, they're going to need to have like that big hit and know that there's going to be like a, a moment that they're going to have support behind it. It's not just going to be thrown up on a platform. And I'll be also interested to see if there's going to be any sort of talk as their business model evolves, if there's going to be a theatrical component as well. Because Shut In is a thriller, apparently, and those kind of movies are really great for theatrical experiences as well. It's going to be interesting. It'd be interesting to, to roll out of this. And I'm, I'm even wonder, you're making me think about why haven't they done a theatrical marketing release? Um, so that it feels, I'll just use the word legitimate. So, you know, sometimes I feel like these are more agenda-based organizations, you know, if it's churches or political parties or whatever, when they release content, it's so transparently one-sided and almost hard to watch. I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's not family-friendly. It's almost weirdly a, a weird agenda. Yeah. Um, that if the... You know, if DJ Caruso is involved here, I wonder why his management group is not kind of forcing something. So it looks like he doesn't look like he stepped back and made a direct to um, direct to distribution or direct to video kind of a film, but it's something that's out there and legitimate. So I that's curious to me that you know that just the the um, Daily Wire marketing realm uh, arm is not going to be strong enough to get DJ Caruso an Oscar. Not that he's going for that, but I'm just saying like, you know, you do Eagle Eye, you got to keep something up, you know, yeah. in the, there's gotta be, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like if, if this is going to become a legitimate enterprise, cause I've had conversations with potential clients and they're like, I just want to start a studio. And I'm like, <laughs> do you know how many times I've heard that, that statement and it's gone right into the ash heap of history. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, it takes a lot. And as I said, you know, the, the metric, the financial metrics are not easy. Um, you're right. in terms of sort of entertainment coming from a certain perspective as particularly on the right has always been very heavy handed in its messaging and not very good at all. And almost too, too sort of in your face. And 
I applaud the fact that the Daily Wire is trying to just make entertainment with no sort of underlying political message. But again, they are a, a political site. They're a conservative site. So it's going to come with that sort of that sort of uh, message attachment to it. But at the same time, that doesn't preclude them from trying to make it a, a take a sort of moment to turn it into sort of like a theatrical like campaign. Yeah, yeah. And but but again, that costs money, which I, I think that's totally legitimate. I think there's uh, I like the reality that that there's a conversation taking place of, hey, it can't just be a one sided deal. I, I, some of right. what we're here hurting in America with the separation of politics is that there there isn't a balanced distribution of content. Um, and way too much focus in, in kind of one political agenda. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's really interesting to me. You know, kind of going back to the idea of like what what's happening in the theatrical experience, and you know, recognizing Daily Wire Group could put together an entire film that no one's even nobody even knew about. What's on anyone's radar? No one's talking about it, and it comes out of nowhere. It would be it would be great to see what that audience looks like to see is this a legitimate business model? Because again, one of those big studio gatekeepers kind of gets knocked down. Like, do we really need the big guy's permission to make something? Yeah. Um, or can you get legitimate distribution through something else? Um, Cause you know, the, I think the pandemic has spread out so many, so much of the talent all over the, the U S like there is opportunities now to first small bands or groups to, to, you know, build something up. I think of what Austin did a few years ago. Um, and how Austin, the you know, really got behind the studio space and filmmakers and sound and and um, visual effects companies, whatever. They were all they're happy to be part of a, a kind of a brand new order down there, and it was awesome. There's there's the ability to develop way outside of just the the Los Angeles and New York marketplace to be an influencer in this. Yeah. And these this new model of like, hey, I could. I can have a voice I can make a film and I don't need permission from one of the major studios to get there. I think that's awesome. Especially if, if something they do can be an Oscar contender. Uh, maybe that, maybe we already know that to be true. I mean, the yeah. Oscar award winners coming from foreign language speakers, like that wasn't created in a Hollywood studio that was created, yeah. you know? So yeah, what an interesting time. Like really, I almost, maybe it's in our own head of like, what holds us back? Yeah, because there's this thought of like legitimacy. Like, is it legitimate if I do or don't do this? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of truth to that because you know you talk about Austin and there was a. It's interesting you referenced Austin because I think it was almost two weeks ago there was a huge article in the Hollywood Reporter about how Austin has become L.A. It was like the COVID escape for a lot of people in Los Angeles. You've got a lot of actors that have relocated there you know, you have Matthew McConaughey, who's been a huge advocate of Texas and in general, and particularly Austin, you know, Jared Padalecki, um, Adrian Grenier is there. I think James Vanderbeek moved his entire family out of LA. Cause he's like, he was trying to, I guess he was trying to say, uh, fly a kite at a LA park. And someone told him you can't do that here. And he was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> So, you know, Austin is we left Los Angeles and our term was it's illegal to be a child in Los Angeles. Yes, that's essentially like, what you it know, is. no yes. riding bikes, no like yeah. you can't walk on the streets, you can't climb a tree. You can't do stuff, anything right? without Gavin Newsom telling you you can. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a large reason why a lot of people are leaving out, out Los Angeles and California in general. But 
um, you're right. And, you know, with the advent of sort of, we've seen Marvel has basically turned Atlanta into another Hollywood. Um, oh, yeah, that's uh, a great example. Yeah, yeah, the whole Georgia. Georgia. And, and just huge. this week, which, again, as most of you who listen to this podcast on a regular basis know, I'm a huge fan of pulling sort of the nexus of entertainment and, ho and Hollywood out of LA and New York, because I do think there's a lot of untapped potential. We don't need to be in LA and New York anymore. We can be anywhere in the country at this point. And I think that's the real opportunity here. And just this week, it was announced on deadline that there's a new studio complex being built in Savannah, Georgia. So it's another one. It's this group. Hmm. Um, it's by it's called Studio of Savannah. It was a venture formed by two independent producers who love the city. Um, a sustainable, they're building a sustainable sound stage and will break ground next month. Um, David Patterson of our anchor Arcadia Bay Entertainment and Taylor Owenby of ISB Global Capital are calling the complex Cat 5 <laughs> for its ability to withstand a Category 5 hurricane, which is really smart when you're on the uh, Gulf, uh, near the Gulf Coast like that. Yeah. But again, it just goes to show like you don't we don't need like and I know their buildings. They have a huge studio facility outside of Philadelphia, which M. Night Shyamalan uses quite a lot. So there's ways to get out of there and just sort of break the mold of everything has to be in LA or everything has to be in New York. And I think what we're the Savannah move is pretty brilliant. The scat is there. Savannah, uh, Savannah College yeah. Art and Design is there. Yeah. So like, I think like there talent. is a whole talent pool there. They've yeah. been basically bringing them up and then shipping them out to New York and Los Angeles. Shipping out to New York. Like why? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loves Savannah. It's a beautiful little city. Like why would you want to leave? It's cheaper to live in Georgia than it. I mean, granted, you got to deal with hot summers, but you know, yeah. And the tech needed to get a film made anymore. You, you yeah. honestly can carry the lights around and you're in a van. I could do it on my computer right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The camera, the sensitivity light, the cameras, you just don't need yeah. all the amperage and lighting and people and all that stuff. Like Plus, you know, I always go back to, you know, Thomas Jugaeus, who was a guest we had a few weeks ago. Um, and you know, I reference this quote often, and I think it's so true. The the bigger problem with Hollywood is 90, 90 to 95% of the people who make movies live behind gates and work behind gates. And almost 95% of their audience does neither. So it's like there's that sort of bubble mentality that reflects in a lot of the work that comes out of LA and New York, because so many of these people, they, they're ultimately gonna gonna pick you know when you go to a studio exec they're gonna pick what they like what they want and they're in sort of the la mode and the la circle and that whole thing and i and you know, a lot of them just really are about sort of telling the stories that are going to advance their careers and they don't really have sort of any perspective beyond that there is one producer who i a lot long ago i read an article that he gave in variety and an interview he gave in variety which i think really nails sort of the distinction and he's a minority in this fact his name's mark platt he's got very talented kids ben platt who's his son who's like a broadway star kind of guy um he was giving an interview after shortly after he'd been fired from universal rather unceremoniously and he the interviewer walks into to his to the um into his office and behind his desk usually you go into an exec's office and all you see are pictures of him or her with every celebrity, director. Yeah, of course. Everything they've always made. Kind of statuettes of Statuette. one kind of another. Yeah. yeah. Behind his desk was just pictures of his family. Mm. And, you know, his kids and, uh, you know, wife, all that stuff. 
And the interviewer asked because she was kind of struck by the fact that, wow, that's, that's different. And he's like, well, this is what I do. It's not who I am. Mm. And I think that's a very striking difference between, and again, I, like I said, that's a minority perspective in, in LA because a lot of people there who, what they do consumes every aspect of them. Yeah. And I think that can sometimes reflect in the work. And that's why I'm really excited that you see a lot of the work starting to pull out with sort of Austin becoming another um, component of sort of the entertainment space and, and Savannah and Atlanta and God willing, Philadelphia. And you know, that's one of my big things. I'd really like to turn Philadelphia into sort of a, a hotbed of the next phase of entertainment because it's such a great spot. Um, and so this, this is heartening to me. And this is what's so great. I think a lot of what is sort of the changes that pandemic has, has brought forth. This is one of the ones I think that are positive. And I, I'm, I'm hopeful that this is a trend that will continue. Yeah. It's almost like we should move away from cinema con and move into like studio con mm. because so that, you know, all these multiple studios are that can and should jump up and are jumping up all over the United States. It's like, let's get all the studios together and talk about what studios are doing opposed to we're bringing the studios together to talk about what the theaters are doing like that doesn't. And uh, maybe that's too much of a competitive environment currently to be doing that. But uh, as I've learned in the creative space, like the developing of community is, is pretty huge. And there's a lot of influence in bank that community. Well, I think what would, what would be great is if there was sort of something that, you know, I know a lot of like Disney does their D 23, which is basically their version of CinemaCon where they, they show all their material. They don't always go to CinemaCon. And I think I'm not sure if they came this year or not. Um, I think they pulled out because of, you know, the variant or whatnot, but um you know they're they're not going to necessarily be cheered if they were to go to CinemaCon. I, I mean, CinemaCon say, is really <laughs> having been to so many, having been to quite a few of them. It really is just basically a meeting of the studios. I mean, it, it's when everybody who works in the studio world just connects. I mean, you go to the Nobu Bar, and it's like you're just bumping into. It's like you've got you you walk down the street. And, oh, there's Josh and Goldstein from Warner Brothers. Oh, there's um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Michael Moses from Universal. There, you know, there. It's just it's everybody's there. Now that's how it was yeah. pre COVID. I don't think that's how it was this year, but you know, so it is kind of a studio con with the sort of the exhibitors just happen to be there, <laughs> Yeah, but it would be nice to sort of get out of that mindset. And you know, like my bit, yeah, I mentioned this when they did the, um, the big screen is back. Like why the F did they, why the hell do they do it in century city? Like, come on, like you want to do it, go to Idaho or something, Ohio. Like make it exciting, but instead they, you know, they had to make it convenient for the people who can just get in their, you know, town cars and just, you know, be driven to the closest well, of theater. Of course, they weren't going to make a major rate to go make the Yes, <laughs> but do you, the press they would have garnered had they done that would have been tenfold of what they actually got. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, yeah, maybe. You know, it's still show business no matter what we come down to. So we have to, yeah. you know, feed the beast that's currently there. But I love the idea that these studios are developing. Um, in different ways. I think there's some real critical thinking needed in this industry. Just start asking the big questions. And if the blockbuster is gone, then the competition is different. And, you know, hopefully the story is what we're going to be judging this on in the future. Like, do we, you know, last year's Oscar winner wasn't a major blockbuster hit. Um, so now we go like, cool, we don't need to have a blockbuster, blockbuster success in order to be recognized or understood in, within this industry. It's interesting because 
you know, I want to push back on what you've been saying. You talk a lot about Oscar. And my big thing with Oscar is I don't care. Like, honestly, like Oscar is done is what you're saying. It's post Oscar. World. The Oscar is done. I mean, they, they I mean, they've let because they got wrapped up in the whole wokeism, gender, you know, all that stuff. They've they've just sort of the idea of getting into the Academy. I, I don't think it has the element of exclusivity that it once did um, because they they've just opened the gates to a lot of people who just happened to, I think, potentially yeah i guess if people aren't watching the tv the right show box. anymore it's not as influential as it used to be right yeah. the, the viewing audience is basically less than a TikTok video yeah <laughs> some TikTok influencers so and that's the whole oscar show with major celebrities well that's what yeah i mean again that's that's what i'm saying i don't i don't think oscar has and we've talked about this like no man land yes best picture great was it a, a, okay it was a good movie but all the movies there most of them are depressing they talk about life in America as horrible and downright awful. And I mean, that's not, is that really what we want? Is that really what is worth celebrating? I mean, it's, it just goes to show that so many of the people that are in the Academy are just so micro focused in, in New York and LA that that's really, you know, that's all they can really focus on. And, you know, to me that I, I just don't think Oscars, I think Oscars kind of done as well. Well, then let's say this, like, Cause I, I'll, I'll give you that. I think there's, it's, it's done or needs to be evolved. Um, I guess what we're seeking out is the scorecard. So what is a scorecard? If it's not how many, how much money you made in the opening weekend, or you didn't cross now the billion dollar line, forget the hundred million dollar line. Um, if you didn't cross these things, are you a major play? You didn't win an Oscar. That's a one scorecard that you get used to. So what is going to be the scorecard of the future? Especially if data is being held back behind, you know, these walls, studio walls, we have to have some recognition of, of success. I mean, financiers eventually are going to want to say, is it successful? <laughs> yeah. In one way or another. And maybe Ben Shapiro is the one setting the new scorecard. Well, did I have political influence? Then it's successful. Did I need to get my money back? No. Did did I change politics? Did I get my candidate elected? Okay, then successful. I mean yeah. that that would be very unfortunate, but it's a, possibly a reality of what what's coming is the scorecard will change something like that. Yeah, I hope it doesn't come to that, but I, I hope that's not what comes out of this. And I agree, and this is something we've been talking about: is what 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 constitutes a hit nowadays. We just had a chat about this with free guy last week where i was adamant that i don't believe it was a hit but it was uh yeah if you just saw the title of last week's yeah. show you know that keith doesn't <laughs> think is a hit <laughs> i don't think i'll be sitting in a conference room with ryan reynolds anytime soon but yeah uh you know it, it, it you're right it's like what constant is it just because the trades and everybody works in the business oh this is a hit and like I, you know may i i don't know i mean i i don't think that constitutes a hit i mean i think Everything is shifting right now, so we don't really know what the scorecard is going to look like. But again, I hope it's not, it's, oh, I got my candidate elected or I, I won on this particular political issue because that to me is not necessarily what we want. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why we do the show. Yeah. Because we want to be able to discuss what is changing, how it's changing, what that new opportunities are. Exactly. So if, we're, if you're thinking about Hollywood breaking, you also want to figure out how to break into Hollywood. And yep. that those are two important elements. And I think a scorecard, at least in conversation, yeah, it's important to know what what your financier, studio, 
distributor. I don't know what what you're you're going to need to partner with, but those people need to know what you're thinking of success looks like, mm-hmm. and be on the same page. So, yeah. I, you can maybe even set you know what the outcome is from a product by product basis. That might be pretty yeah. interesting. Yep, I agree. All right, my friend. Well, safe travels. I know I said safe travels to you earlier this week, but I know you're for sure leaving today. <laughs> well, that was my fault. I I thought I literally in my head I was like, oh, this is my last week, but I realized we're not leaving till tomorrow morning. So this is my last day in Maine. I will be back in a regular studio um, next week, next Friday. So movie poster will return. I don't even remember what that looks like. So well, uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, most of our viewers may have forgotten it. I gotta I gotta figure out. You know. Uh, you know, I got to dust away all the cobwebs because we haven't been back in Philadelphia in a while. So, um, well, your return to Philly will be my excuse to go down to Newport Beach. So, we'll be changing backgrounds again next week. Okay, perfect. There you go. Uh, thank you for listening to Hollywood Breaks. We're so happy that you're part of our community. Um, what's going on here? Please uh, make sure you subscribe so you can get our latest updates. Sometimes we're not releasing always on Friday morning. So, if you want to be, uh, informed when our releases, please feel free to subscribe. Also send us comments. We love the comments. We read them. Um, we're happy to hear what's going on. We do have uh, Dina Benedon from Super 78 and Magic Screen joining us uh, real shortly. And she's going to be talking to us what she did at CinemaCon and really what they're thinking about changing the theatrical experience. So Keith, this is my gift to you. I'm bringing in somebody that's going to start talking about Woo-hoo! it. Be, be nice. <laughs> I'll be nice. I'm always nice. <laughs> Come on. And I'm looking forward to my case of that Vision Craft brew showing up in my Newport Beach house anytime now. So, uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I like, yeah. I'll get yeah. you the coffee mug. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I like, like uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Lydia, as always, thank you for keeping us on track and producing this thing, getting it out the door, and the team at Go Social and all that support us. We are, we're so thankful for you. Until next week, we'll see you on Hollywood Breaks. Bye.